Hi guys and welcome back. We've got a very different episode for you this fortnight, recorded live from Pump House Sydney for the World 8 Mario Kart Grand Prix to launch Bounty Hunter Brewing's World 8 Raspberry and Peach Sour. While a huge range of brewing industry personalities mix with enjoyers of fine alcoholic beverages and attempt to dominate the Mario Kart tracks on various Nintendo devices of old, we managed to kidnap a range of punters to catch up on all things beer and pop culture. Once you've finished listening to this eclectic episode, rife with background noise and Chris thoroughly enjoying standing on furniture and literally shouting at people to start playing video games, check out our website at bhbanter.com, our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now YouTube, throw us a review on iTunes, or abuse us directly via email at feedback at bhbanter.com. It's worth noting that while we didn't directly review any beers this episode, our wives can confirm that more alcohol was consumed in the making of this episode than any before it. Oh. And they can also confirm that no nether regions were harmed in the making of the glorious flesh-coloured sour we're enjoying on the night. Promise. Welcome back to Bounty Hunter Banter for your regular dose of beer and pop culture. Uh, again, joining me, I have Dan. Hey. And Chris. What up? And I'm Pete. And it's going to be a really odd episode tonight. We're sitting recording live from the Pump House in Sydney um, for our World 8 launch. Mario Kart tournament. Yeah. It is right. the Pump House World 8 Grand Prix. <laughs> there you go. The official title. So tonight we're um, going to be... Kind of mixing in with a bunch of people from the industry. We've nah, got how the fuck this is going to work, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it'll as work. As, as soon as some of these guys start having a couple of beers, man, it's just going to be a fucking mess. The, the, yeah. the, the whole, the, uh, the whole paragraph that they say is going to be the, uh, the scratch out. <laughs> yeah. Pete's yeah. going to have a lot of editing to do. Yeah. That's right. So I'm, I'm pretty much going to be manning the booth tonight and, and we'll have random people drop in and drop out of the podcast. So it's going to be a bit of a, an eclectic mix of industry pundits. And I've got to say, I hooked that uh, that Wii up with Mario Kart about an hour ago, and I don't think it sat for more than thirty seconds no, without more no, people jumping yeah, on and playing it. So it's good. So, so just to set the scene, we've we've pretty much taken over the uh, mezzanine level of the pump house. We've got a bunch of people here from the industry, uh, and a bunch of of drinking folk. Yeah, well, there's also dudes that I talk to on some of the pop culture Facebook groups that I'm a part yeah. of. We've got a couple other podcasts yeah, rocking up. We've even podcasts. got other breweries that we didn't sort of speak to until they've just sort of rocked up. New England's rocked up. Ferrell's rocked oh, up. Oh, okay. New yeah, I saw Ferrell Brewing earlier. Yeah. New, New England's a long way away. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, they just take over because Keg it's and like Brew... four or five hours up the yeah, coast. I know. Keg I'm, and Brew have just pulled out because his mate's stuck in traffic. I oh, think okay. uh, So, New England rocked up five minutes before and go, dude, have you got a spare spot? Like, oh, we do now. <laughs> oh, they're under Keg and Brew, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So while these guys are off organising the Mario Kart race, or tournament, rather, I'm going to try and just nab randoms to come and join me and have a have a chat. So, yeah, that'll be cool. Big thanks to Phil and the Pump House for uh, letting thanks. us uh, letting us to take over the top level uh, for to, to run this uh, to run this tournament. Very thanks, brave. Phil, who's so. currently playing Mega Man. Yeah, he is. Both both of the pump house managers are at, at the moment are sitting in front of the TV playing Mega Man with what looks like Feral Brewing. Yeah. So yeah. 
safe cool. and uh, and I uh, feel okay. awesome. We'll be back. We'll be back. This is probably cool. the last time I'll get you two guys sitting down at the oh, same time. I'll, I'll, until, I'll pop in until Each. until the end. Wait, yeah. we'll, let's see how we'll see how chaotic the actual tournament is because <laughs> yeah. that's a hell of a tree Phil's drawn on that uh, blackboard. Yeah, yeah it's going to be. How many nightmare. teams have we got? 27? Uh, 27, 28. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. But there's not going to be a shortage of people to sit down. Yeah, no, your, definitely not. your job your job tonight, Pete, is to uh, try and rope my wife into sitting down and talking on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because she's wives of banter. She's she's so dead against it. But uh, <laughs> I said she's going to have to sit in one day, and now's good as oh, good yeah, a time as now's the time. time. Each okay. time uh, you guys will hear me, I'll probably be substantially drunker and drunker each just time. Just going to be more and more <laughs> slurring it. as we yeah. get down. I'm the road sure I'll, I'll spend most of the night filtering you out of background noise anyway. Absolutely, and <laughs> it's going to be an absolute <laughs> to do so. <laughs> Thanks. No, no, uh, no war rigs till the end of the night. <laughs> no, I'm not having war rigs at all, bro. <laughs> all right, see all you guys. Right. Thanks, guys. All right, so our first guest for the evening is going to be Al, who, uh, I don't know if you remember, joined us in episode 9 or 10, somewhere yeah, around there. Back in the day. It's been a while. I actually haven't seen you since then either. No, there's been a few. I mean, there was the launch. You were just talking about the yeah. 1989 launch for the uh, What Have You Done, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, what, what did you do, Ray? Did you so do, Ray? it was at 1989. Oh, Unfortunately, no. I was in Vegas at the time, so I, I missed out on that, which... Kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. But until tonight, this is like going from strength to strength. This is awesome. Yeah, it's, um, it's a good turnout so far, actually. It's pretty early. It's only, what, uh, 6.30, so we've got another half an hour before people need to turn up to fucking race. <laughs> well, it's good. So with all the different teams up there, have you guys already spoken about who you got tonight? or? Uh, no, actually. We haven't really looked at the, the, the leaderboard yet. Actually, I'm just looking at it now. So I, I've skipped straight ahead. So, Bounty Hunter Banter has skipped to round two. I've got a buy in the first round. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll be racing the winner between Young Henry's and uh, Hammered Bros. Hopefully, it's the Hammered Bros, because <laughs> I haven't played Mario Kart uh, ever. Ever? Ever. Even on the, the SNES back oh, in the day? Well, look, I've played a Mario Kart game, but looking at the screen at the moment, I've never played this version. Yeah, and the subtleties, I mean, the holding the controller. Yeah. Are these Wii U's or Wii... What's the one before it? I think it's a Wii U. Okay. I don't know. I don't know Nintendo because I, I don't swing that way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you were saying before, it's kind of like a Holden and, Com uh, Holden and Ford thing. It, it is. So I've very much always been a PlayStation boy, so... Yeah, yeah. I think I, I've never owned a Nintendo system. I played an N64, I played GoldenEye 007, and that was the only game I ever played. Yes, GoldenEye. <laughs> so how you been, man? It's, um, yeah, it's been no, quite a few few episodes. It's been a few episodes. That's a good measure of time <laughs> it, there, isn't it? it? Every fortnight like fucking clockwork. It is. Yeah, I'm waiting for the... the, the de are they uploaded it yet? Are they uploaded it yet? Come on. I've got to get the drive home. That's it. I don't want to listen to FM radio. Come on. Fuck that. It's too fucking depressing. Um, no, good. I think, I mean, I've been... Chipping away at games. Yep. Uh, which, uh, I mean, this is probably more dance sort of thing. Yeah. But um, which is sort of all consuming. Um, I've also been playing a lot of indie games. Yep. There's a lot of smaller style games like on Steam with the Steam sales. I can't, yeah, okay. can't think of anything off the top of my head. I guess it's a time management thing. Yeah, you know what? I would play a lot more Steam based games, but my PC's in the back room where I do my, my work when I work from home, and I just I cannot bring myself to play video games on my work PC. That's very strong of you. It just makes me feel dirty. That's very, you're very strong because <laughs> it's a slippery slope after That's that. That's it. It's like recording Saturday morning cartoons and eating your cereal after lunchtime <laughs> and watching them back. It's just not the same. <laughs> That's right. So what, you've, you've turned off Minesweep and Solitaire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, those have been disabled for a while. Actually, I haven't even... I, I think I've turned the PS4 on once or twice to play the... Uh, the new SAR expansion for Battlefield 1, oh, and that's yep, pretty yep. much it since Vegas. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, Don't that's, get any time, that's man. It's a time management thing, isn't it? Yeah. It is. 
Um, and then I guess in the movie front, when I was on the podcast last, yeah, I, I was all hyped up for the Dark Tower. I still haven't seen it. I haven't did you, no, did you enjoy it? I haven't seen it. Oh, I, just, I just saw all the black flags going up and <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> Dan's just swung past. He's fucking doing glassy duty. He's not working. And even if he was working, he doesn't work at the pump house. Wait a minute. So our mate Dan's just walked past with 23 glasses in his hand. Is he? Um, I've noticed on the table here, you guys have a new little business card. Yeah, yeah. Grab a card, man. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so people know who we are and it's got all our details and shit on it. So Maybe Dan's sort of slipping it into their pockets as he goes by. <laughs> Let's get hope up, so. Get up close with a few glasses <laughs> and then yoink. <laughs> That's it. I just um, realised I'm not re- fucking recording video. I'm going to be on... I'm going to be in trouble at the end of the night. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. So oh, we've got the video camera set up. We're... we're Supposedly, let's start recording. Two. We're supposed to be recording video feeds from every episode now, so just kind of adds a adds a little bit of an extra layer to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So they're all up on YouTube. Yeah, okay. So, YouTube. Do you do the Facebook still? Are you doing the Facebook? Yeah, so we're still planning on doing Facebook Live episodes, but um, but I mean, in between when we're just doing a normal podcast, it's not from a live session. Yeah. Um, we're still doing video feeds now, so. If you check us out on YouTube, just search for us on Under Bounty Hunter Banter. You'll see all the old episodes that we didn't record video are up there as well. They've just got a little logo up there. Yep. And uh, the last few episodes are full video. You haven't thought about going back and doing like a George Lucas and like <laughs> special, special edition yeah, special in the gold fucking gold foil box? Fuck yeah. that. We're not, the, we're not a sellout. We don't make any money from this shit. <laughs> um, and also, do you sort of like, now that you've got now the cameras on, is it a sort of a bit more awareness? Uh, or? It's not for Dan and I, for Chris. Every time we shut him down, he turns to the camera <laughs> and appeals to the to the video audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can lean in and mouth. Please support me yeah. in my love of Transformers 7. Oh, right. <laughs> Holds up a little sign That's it. with a hashtag or something. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to have you here, man. I'm, oh, I'm glad you made it. No, it looks total, like you've just come straight from work. I have, yeah. Total groupie for life. I should have worn the, the Bounty Hunter shirts you gave me underneath. <laughs> just ripped it out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Superman style. But um, no, it's no, it's been exciting seeing you guys, all the different events, all the different like the, uh, stuff to talk about the podcast and the beers. Thanks, man. The beers as well. Yeah. So this is my first try of the pe- uh, the World Eight Peach yeah. Sour as well. Uh, it's fucking well balanced. Mm. I mean, I'm a little bit, little bit biased. It, you just are, a, of just course. A touch. Just of course. <laughs> but also, um, this is saying before it's the spring equinox today. Yeah. And I've, I think I've just found my new uh, spring beer. Spring beer, yeah. It's, it's a good one for it. It'll it'll come into its own in summer too, I think. Mm. Um, I haven't got the good vocabulary. I'm still learning from you guys about the beer vocab. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to your. I think it was your. What's your usual phrase? Uh, it, it's easy to drink. Fucking everyone gives me shit about saying that. Now. <laughs> yeah. But no, this one's a good one. Mm. Uh, and uh, is it only available? It's only on draft at the yep. moment. It's at the pump house. I actually don't know where else it is. I'm pretty shit. Pretty shit banner carrier for fucking Bounty Hunter <laughs> Brewing, aren't I? You, you got to do a plug because I'd be out there, like knowing where it is around town. I'd get a, like a map of Sydney up and put pins in. <laughs> well, they here, yeah, here and here. Yeah, here and here. They get a bit of ribbon type yeah. between it all. Just zero in where we'll I'll do a, like a Victorian tourism ad with a big ball of yarn or something <laughs> yeah, going around town. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you on the on the podcast again, mate. We'll have to get you back out to to uh, Dan's yeah, fucking man cave, the or his, his masturbatorium. I think I called <laughs> yeah. it last time. <laughs> we'll get you out for that soon. Yeah. Cool. No. All the best tonight. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Appreciate Thanks, it. Mate. Cheers. All right. So I'm now sitting with James. G'day, guys. And Tom Pickett from Uncle Hops. Hey, guys. How you going? 
You've yeah. both been on the show in the past, actually. Good to have you both back. Second comers. <laughs> so, James, I've had joined me, long, long friend. Um, I've basically had joined me as a, a security guard for this sort of area tonight. Uh, he was he was going to be my partner for the race as well yep. under the uh, Banter logo, but we've been scratched huh. because Chris can't count to 27. <laughs> and so yeah. when 26 teams signed up, he just started adding extra people and forgot to add them to the actual list. Yeah, right. So <laughs> once again, Chris has fucked me over, but that's all right. That's, yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> and Tom, you've just come back from Norellan, you were saying. Uh, oh, Urala. Urala, sorry. Uh, I was going to yeah. say not that fucking far. <laughs> yeah, no, up near uh, Armadale. So, yeah, wow. Oh, nice. Good uh, six-hour drive back today. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Sweaty man in a car. Yeah, uh, 30-degree weather. It was good. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Um, so, no, we've just done a collab brew with them for Sydney Beer Week. So, with? With New England Brewing. Yeah, up cool. Up there. Um, so, Carlo is one of the reps is here tonight. Yeah. Um, but I was up there with Reed, the head brewer, and uh, um, with the rest of the team, Ben and Justin and uh, Jared. Um, we were... Uh, there, was, there was one other... I didn't actually meet her. I didn't get introduced to her, but she was very nice to us. And she bought us a lot of beers, and I feel really shit now. But no, I don't know. So, what sort of beer is it? Uh, so, it's going to be a uh, New England IPA. So, it's going to be hazy, juicy. Um, there's in the going to the dry hop. For those who know, there's going to yep. be about six kilos of hops going in there. Yeah, and wow. There's going to be shots for a hop cannon as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, very hoppy. It's going to be good. Um, lots of resin. Lots of resin. It came about from um, it's uh, a bit of a funny tale I was um, I'm a, a big NFL fan yep. and I, no one's perfect man no it's all perfect. good I, um, I follow the New England Patriots um, yep. not because I'm a bandwagon my girlfriend is from Boston so yeah fair enough if Boston's, I don't yeah. I'll, I'll get shot and uh, shut up Chris um, fucking Chris's <laughs> ass is on the camera at the moment that's glorious I'm glad we're recording that it's good he's been uh, doing his squats yeah. um, it's really working out for him <laughs> But yeah, no, I was, I was drinking the New England lager yep. while watching the Super Bowl last year, the, the Keg and Brew, and um, not the Keg but at the horse, the White Horse in Surrey Hills, and um, the Keg and Brew was full. It's not the White Horse I've been to on the Gold Coast, bro. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and um, I drunkenly said... James has got a Platinum card member. Yeah, excellent. excellent. <laughs> and I drunkenly sent Carlo a message, saying, oh, an email saying, oh, you know, it'd be funny. All right, guys, um, next we did a, We're going to have Chris just announce yeah. straight over the Come top Henry's. of this. Thanks, bro. Um, if we did a collab beer and did it based on New England Brewing, New England Patriots, yeah. and got together, and so that's what we've done. And it's, yeah, cool. Um, so what labels are going to go under? Uh, it's going to be New England, New England Cross Uncle Hops. Yeah, cool. So down in Newtown, so it'll be good. Nice. Um, so I'll have that on for the the Thursday night in beer week. Yep. Um, we'll have a tap takeover with those guys, so they'll have about ten taps for the night. Yeah, cool. And yeah, we'll so that's be next Thursday. Uh, Look at Chris oh. loves this shit, doesn't he? Well, B Week's in about a month, so it's, I think it's the 20, 26th of October is the date. So. Yep. Cool. Pretty good. Yeah, well, we'll have to make our way down there. Yeah. If I don't kill Chris between now and then. Oh, yeah. It's looking more and more likely. <laughs> Even if you do, just get away from the cops. <laughs> yeah. We'll hide you, man. We'll just put you straight to the And he smacks your microphone. What a jerk. Fucking Chris. I'm going to get hit now. <laughs> the, the, the beer you're brewing, can it be put on anywhere else or is it just sort of like a specialty brew? I think they're going to hopefully put it on at the tasting bar for anyone who's up that way. Um, we're, they said there'd probably be about 16 to 17 kegs yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. from, from the total brew. So we'll put, it on, we'll put on a good run of it for us. Yeah. And then um, a couple of other venues in our group 
um, and have some spare taps. So I might say, hey, do you guys want to put it on for something different? Yep. Um, yeah, I think it'll stay between us and, and them. But they, they might put it on a couple of other venues up north. Yeah, just cool. so they can get another brew of theirs out. Because and has Uncle Hop's done any other beers? I mean, I... We've done a couple of small ones. I was going to say, I've never really seen the, the, um, the label out there as a beer. Not, not, but not just, not just us. So this is the first one where we've gone into a brewery and said, hey, we want to do a beer. Let's do one together. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, and the other one, we did one with uh, Batch, um, yep. which was across our group. And then one with Willie the Boat, which was across a few of the venues in Newtown. Yep. Um, but this is one where I, I, I got to choose the hops we wanted to use. So we got five in. Yep. Um, uh, the one that was, this one I really wanted to use was uh, Rakao, which is a New Zealand hop. Yep. Um, so we got it. Uh, that's the one that's going to have the most in the um, in the dry hopping. So that's going to be it's super pungent. It's yeah, gonna, nice. It's really citrusy. It's going to be really nice. Like nice. smoking a reefer in a beer. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I got to shovel all the uh, spent grain and um, <laughs> and oats out. So they put a whole bunch of rolled oats in for yep. the haziness and. Um, then I got to visit the farm that they feed the sheep with. Oh wow! With the spent grain there, so it's beer-fed lamb. Yeah, wow. And okay, ate cool. Beer-fed lamb later that night. It was <laughs> absolutely amazing. Daddy, make a killer of yourself, did they? No, 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 no. It wasn't that fresh. It was a- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard all about it. The, the butcher, butcher was going allegedly. on there. Yeah, um, they've also Urala is a beautiful little country town. If you ever get the chance to go up there, yeah, okay. Um, and they've opened my eyes. I now have my new favourite saying. So they do instead of breakfast beers like on a Sunday for them, yep. it's uh, froth, frothy chops. They call frothy, frothy chops. Frothy chops. Just gonna have some frothy chops. Frothy chops and a liquid lunch. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a good genius. You don't get that in the country. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but other than that, yes, yeah, business as usual, and I'm yep. looking forward to. I really want to beat Chris in Mario Kart. Like, yeah. So when are you up? Uh, well, we got bumped because I didn't know how, how soon I'd be able to get back from, from driving from up north. Yeah. It's a good six hours away. So we got bumped to the start of the second ah. round. So, so you're up against the winner between Bounty Hunter and Chode Blast. I would love to meet Chode Blast. I've got to yeah. say, the, the names are fantastic. Yeah, We've got Blue aspects. Waffles. Yeah, Blue Waffles, Chode oh. Blast. Oh. That's oh. Like definitely yeah. up there. <laughs> I had that as um, as I was having my first in the beer. I read it and I was yeah, had to, I choked a little bit. I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> and, and we've just been informed that we've been scratched because Chris Chris fucked us. So. Aren't you there in a second? Is that you? Uh, no. So he's replaced us with another team. I'm not really sure who the other team oh, is, that's but true. that's right. Just take out his knees before the race. Like <laughs> no that, animosity that whatsoever. That's it. Yeah. No animosity. <laughs> and Dan's actually representing Australian Brewery and Bounty Hunter Brewing. Well, I hope they don't so meet in a, uh, another round. That'll be real awkward. I pointed that out at the start of the night. Hey, Phil, I'm not sure he's going to be able to race himself. Yeah. Although, you know, Dan plays with himself quite a lot. Well, I just don't know if he'll be able to do it in public. Well, there's a lot of people watching. I get some performance anxiety. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's it. See what happens. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's a cracking crowd as well. Yeah, it Very is. Impressed. It's a great night. Um, especially for a lot of the guys that I've noticed who are like me working a bar and usually have to work Fridays. And yeah. I've actually just rang the boss and was like, oh, this is a really awesome beer event I've got to go to. Like, <laughs> I might not be making my shift back at 7, so I'm just going to take a day off. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely not making the shift yeah, at 7. No. <laughs> um, so thanks, boss, for watching. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much for that, Tomo. No worries, man. Good to see you again. Always good to chat. And James, I'm sure you're going to be a recurring guest tonight while we um, we work through some guests as well. While we drink our sorrows away. That's right. Just sitting in the corner. You can just heckle everyone. Just be like, we're not in it, so we're just going to have Yeah, that's it. Did you just lose? Yeah, yeah. no, it comes now. Yeah. We've already got a rejection for the night. We did. 
We did get a rejection. Disappointed. Who did we get a rejection from? What Louise. are you talking about? Sorry, oh, Louise. No, we're going to get the wives of wives of brewing uh, on. There's a TV series right there. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a Netflix special. Yeah, no, it's going to be like a Dr. Phil thing, I think. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, guys. No worries. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cool. So I've got Brad Bishop with me. How are you, mate? What's up, what's up? Good. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised it's taken this long to get you on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got Mitchell as well, who's I've caught him just taking a swig of beer. How, how are you, mate? I'm Welcome good. How are you, mate? I'm good. So, mate, all the artwork. Yeah. All the amazing fucking artwork for, for Bounty Hunter Brewing. He's so good, isn't he? Oh, my God. <laughs> he is very, very talented. Stay up. Hours on hours on that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why my painting that I commissioned yeah. you to paint like a million years yeah. ago still isn't done because yeah. Chris keeps jumping the fucking queue. <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> I have been working on it this week though and it's probably going to be the best artwork I've ever done. So. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> man. Good, man. So have you been enjoying it? I mean, you must love your work, right? Yeah, definitely. The, the bounty hunter stuff is probably my favourite shit to do because it's like... Everything I fucking grew up on, and Chris, Chris is the best. Like, just gives me. Chris is the best. I'm glad we got that fucking recorded, man. (laughs) He might be the first person in history to ever fucking say that. (laughs) Yeah, fucking oath. I was just saying you're a pedantic prick. (laughs) No, it's good. He just lays it all out, and I just fucking follow, and it just turns out great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. No, Mitchell is uh, best friend since childhood. He plays a lot of fucking. uh, He used to play a lot of Mario Kart. I have pretty. Uh, inkling that years can, of experience. We can win this thing. Yeah, cool. I haven't played in two years, but right. I came first in my first game. So yeah, nice. So you smashed it in the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, so Banter was told that we scratched and ended up getting called up anyway, and fucking smashed it as well. So oh, really? Maybe we'll see you guys in the finals. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're up against Stockade next, and I just, I just bought this Stockade beer. Just here. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping with the enemy, Brad. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> That's good. So, what's the game plan for the next round? Who are you um, Honestly, Stop we it. went and had a cigarette. We yep. looked at because Brad isn't super confident. He's good. He's not super confident. We've worked out that if we come first and fourth, we still get the win. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That works. That's the game plan. Carry me on I'm not actually soldiers. allowed to win, so... You You're know, allowed to win. I'm just going to pick the right players to, to face up against and throw the match. <laughs> I'm taking bribes, fellas, so maybe we'll wow. see how we go in the grand finals. Wow. <laughs> 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 you guys having a good time? Yeah, I'm having hey, a great yeah, time, man. This is sick. Nothing like playing games, having drinks. Yeah, what, what else can you ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, nothing that I'd ask for on mic. <laughs> later, later. Yeah, that's it. It's good to see, you know, the guys from like 1989. These guys are fucking the bomb. Yeah, fucking open up. And I did a good launch for the uh, Burnt Marshmallow Brown Owl, too. Yeah. What did you do, Ray? The copyright infringing beer. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next? Um, Have you been given orders that you're not allowed to talk about? A top secret project that you're uh, doing the next artwork for? Uh, I'm doing your thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, carry on. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of things up in the, in the works after that. Yeah. Uh, so how much yeah, notice do you get from Chris before you start working on Chris, artwork? He says, I'll give you six months, and then like the week he's like, can, can I get it done in this week? <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, that's, uh, six months. Chris doesn't think six months yeah, ahead. No, <laughs> Yeah. He's surprised if he knows where the cab is while it's waiting out the front, beeping the horn. <laughs> he works much better than deadlines, though. So how much how much direction? I mean, I, I, I kind of have an inkling because I'm behind the scenes, but 
for anyone listening, how much direction does does Danny Hunter Brewing give you for the artwork? Uh, it's pretty much back and forth. Like he does a detailed brief, and um, then he throws it to me. He being Chris, yeah, Chris. Yeah, cool. Chris. He gives me a very detailed brief. He's, he's got pretty much what he wants in his mind. He says it to me. I kind of throw up a draft, and he's like, "That's exactly what I was thinking." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we just go back and forth from there. So like, he does give a lot of the direction, and I um. We just seem to be on the same page. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's good. And Chris just keeps dropping in and out to fucking bug the hell out of us. It's all good. All right, well, I might might leave you guys there. Thank you very much for joining us. It's so good to get you finally on the show, man. It's, yeah. It has been a long time coming. And thanks very much, Mitchell. I appreciate nice it, mate. You, man. Cheers, likewise. We'll see you in the finals, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So we have Chris again. <sighs> Chris, who just won his second race. Fucking oath. That's and we have we Justin from Craft Beer. What's it like winning? <laughs> winning, well, it's like jerking off all day long. It's just a constant payoff. It feels oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's lovely. Wow, we just took a nosedive in the fucking in <laughs> <Yeah>. banter. <laughs> and uh, Craft Beer Crew, Craft Beer Crew Facebook page, which I am only newly familiar to because I was hit up by. Matt. One of you guys. It was Matt, wasn't yeah. it? Let's Pretty go ahead and say Matt, Matt Brown. So, but, uh, yes, the, it yeah. was Matt Brown. Absolutely. Indeed. There's uh, one Matt that uh, is on all of Facebook that you can go to. Uh, Facebook.com slash Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what it is. No, you can go to uh, Facebook.com and uh, just go ahead and type in Facebook uh, Craft Beer Crew. Yep. And they're a fine group of people that are uh, now over 8,000, in fact, yeah, individuals wow. who are obsessed hate, man. with uh, Craft Beer and all things beer. Questions everything from what beer can I have at my wedding to what yeah. beer, what what IPAs to drink to who there was has one a tonight. shitty label to everything. I guess there was a post tonight saying where can I get this this brand yeah, in Australia. Yeah. It's it's fucking cool. Uh, it's pretty cool because uh, you know beer has become something that is more than just beer in Australia, which yeah. is it's phenomenal. culture. It's a culture. Like it really is like a part of the culture now. Absolutely. You know when I go to uh, obviously I have a funny accent, so it's uh, obvious that I'm. You not must from be from New Zealand. Here. Yeah. No, uh, China. Shockingly. <laughs> Uh, so it's kind of cool to see that when people go to America or they go to New Zealand or they go to China, they go and they, uh, in fact, a bunch of people right now who are in Germany for Oktoberfest who are yeah. going out there yeah. and seeing all of the cool stuff that is out there for beer and they're checking in and they're saying, hey, this is, this is shit that we love and you yeah. can go ahead and you can drink it or you can enjoy it or you can critique it and you can go ahead and say, hey, the World Aid is amazing or hey, the World Aid is terrible. Yeah. This is something that you, you you might like or you might hate and you can uh, enjoy it. It's, it's, an, cool. it's an accepted open forum as well. I think yeah, as it well. Like It's totally alright to not think and we've had this discussion on our normal podcast like sometimes we drink a beer and by some other standards, we might go, that's no good. Yeah. Not, not that it isn't good, but by our own individual standards mm-hmm. and, and palettes, maybe it's just not what we did. Not but only that, but we also, on the podcast, go out of our way to try some really fucking crazy, weird and wonderful crazy beer, stuff, right? Yeah. So when you get something like a, a just a, a standard pale ale... Or a standard like, lager. Lager it, would be uh, a good example. It's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a pale ale. Next. Yeah, and it's it's actually usually a really well made craft beer yeah. that someone's poured a lot of love and attention into to make a a perfectly balanced pale. But you know when you compare that against some of the fucking random shit we're trying, it's yeah. There's no way in saying that it's bad. No, and there's there's nothing not wrong in Australia with anymore. Absolutely. You go make maybe five years in craft beer in Australia, you 
you'd be running. not even five years. Uh, so I moved here about three and a half years ago, and when I first moved here, uh, I moved from Wisconsin, which is uh, in the United States, a state that is uh, full of beer. In fact, our our baseball team is called the Brewers for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. Oh, beer! Awesome. Uh, and, and and craft beer is a thing there. And when I first moved here, I moved uh, uh, to the Merrickville area, and I went into a pub, and uh, I said, "What do you have for a dark beer?" And they said, "We have an amber." And I asked my wife if we could move back because that's (laughs) not a thing that's okay. Yeah. Uh, There, there are so many different things that are right for different people, and and you know, I go into work, you know, and I say I love beer, and they're like, oh, you know, do you know Akasha? I'm like, that's that's great. That's a start. That's a good place to go to say, okay, so what do you like about them? That's a that's a cool thing, and you know, you can build out from there. So there are a lot of different things that are available to people for beer uh, yeah. in Australia, which There's is a cool. lot of variety now. Um, yeah, and, and you know, look, I can say I love the a sour from one place, and I can say, look, I had the the world eight, and then somebody say, you know, that to me tastes to me like uh, too much cranberry juice. Okay, yeah. so let's try something that's a little more, maybe yeah. a little more aged or a little more fresh or absolutely whatever yeah. it is. You can just yeah, you can you can build a starting point and build out from absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, I actually had a mate from um, my day job here earlier to, to support the launch of World 8. And he tried World 8 by itself and he fucking loved it. He said it's one of the best sour beers he tried, he's ever tried. And then he came back like half an hour later and he said, um, what, what are you drinking? Because I ordered a beer and yeah. he, he took a sip and he said, oh, whatever you're drinking, that's fucking terrible. I don't know what that is, but it's horrible. It was the same fucking beer. It was another World 8. <laughs> right. And I said, what are you drinking? And he said, the, what did you do, Ray? And I was like, well, you, uh, coming, yeah, from, coming from that much chocolate in a fucking brown ale to, to a peach sweet. sour. It's going to taste like fucking water, essentially. People, my, my, my point is, when, when you're trying craft beer, if you really want to appreciate craft beer, it's about developing your palate. Yeah. And it's about understanding what it is you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's the important question. How did you guys do in the race? <laughs> so look, there are good things and bad things that <laughs> so happen you lost. within every race, uh, and I might have been um, a part recruited of the bad to join a different team after my first <laughs> team lost. We've had a bit of that. We've had a bit of team shuffling going on, <laughs> yeah. apart with the confusion of us having to remember and write and scratch out and rub out and who knows what the fuck's going Look, on. Look, there's board. chalk and there's uh, chalkboards. Yeah. And then there are sometimes that uh, your friends say, hey, well, our friends haven't showed up here today. So could you come and join our second team and still perform like shit uh, the second time? Uh, by the way, I spent uh, about uh, 15 years on the radio and it's mm. fucking weird to me to say the words fucking and shit yeah. in front of a microphone. You can even say, yeah, it's um, better I can't like, you need to be able to, to market. Uh, I'm going to be fucking that shit up every now and again. I, I, I'll make I Pete's job a good job. I can't say it. Like, there are words that I can say, fucking shit. Uh, I can't make eye contact while I do it. But uh, the word, uh, as an American, is a word that I'm not allowed to use. Thank it's you a horrendous for word. That. It's a horrendous yeah. word. That's, Especially that's why Chris you, uses it. When you look someone in the eyes and say, <laughs> But... I'm glad we've got the uh, the the cool sound effect for the C bomb. Because yeah, otherwise, people are just going to be going, "Why does it keep muting? Is there something wrong with my stereo?" Be a lot of it going on. Yeah, this is so a little bit weird. We've had you guys. 
this has all just been a bit of a crazy, chaotic fucking event tonight. And you've got Doc from Doctor's Orders' ass right, right next to Chris's yeah, face. No, it's right not there. like right next to it's. <laughs> It was a second ago. I mean, Close like, enough. if you were to bend over and me. spread, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, Arse and sweaty balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's all because, around me. You guys are all right. Because Chris gave us an awesome spot in the corner of the uh, the, the, the function, oh, I, which I actually think is a really good spot. It's a nice yeah. spot. This but spot unfortunately, isn't... the chalkboard is right next to where we're recording, so people keep walking through the recording gear yeah, to because they've out. got squinty eyes and they fucking can't see the board. Well, no, you, you hand enough people enough booze. They need to be That's, close. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. I think I've made a couple of random fucking yelling and screaming motions as I've come through here as well <laughs> while you guys have been recording, so I apologize for that. That's right. You get that on the big jobs. I've lost my phone as well. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere around here. Can someone <laughs> can someone call you? Yeah, but I'm not going to hear it. So no, that's true. Oh, fair point. There's no we'll, point. We'll find it. There's about eight thousand people's gear locked up right behind me, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, I think we might um, cycle some some people through. Yeah, now cool, that, please do. Now that the t- uh, now that the playing field's thinning out a little bit, yeah, it's people are to. a little less focused on the screens and more focused on drinking and talking. Yeah. So. Um, Thank right. you very much, Justin. Look, look, if, a- if I were to ask you guys, yes. sure. from a Mario perspective, what <laughs> is the best Mario, not the best Mario to play, the best Mario uh, uh, racer to play, the best well, kart racer? Lost. So Bounty Hunter Banter's just, scra- uh, just, just lost out to uh, Young Henry's, so don't ask me. I've been smashing uh, Metal Mario. Metal Mario, Mario, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so in the N64 version, you pick up the power-up to go Metal Mario, so you can sink to the bottom of the ocean and stuff and run around and walk around and pick up the collectibles there. Okay. On the N64. Um, if I'm wrong, people who's <laughs> listening, I'm sorry. I'm not a Nintendo person, but that's what I remember. Whether I was on too much acid or weed, I don't know. But Metal Mario... That was the point of him. So okay. I've been using him. And if Chris was wrong, feedback at bhbanter.com. We want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, by all means. <laughs> Send through your feedback. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Cool. All right, cool, man. Well, I'm going to uh, duck off, see what's happening with the races, and uh, see if I can find my phone. Maybe awesome. grab another beer. Thanks Good very team. much, Chris. And um, thanks, Justin. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Cool, guys. Yeah, well, so we've still got Justin here. We've also got Doc from Doctor's Orders. How are you, Doc? I'm doing awesome. And you guys? Yeah, not too bad. Having a good time. So um, I'm, I'm, I've come to interrogate you about where Flesh Wound got to. So, so you, you pretty much focus on, on one-off releases, is that right? Uh, we've done a bit of everything over the years. Uh, we did have a, a core lineup for the four seasons for a couple of years. Uh, but then the beer industry moved on and they always wanted the new thing, the, <laughs> you know, what's new, what's different, and everything else. And we just noticed that... Um, our beers weren't moving as fast as we'd like, and that obviously causes a bit of a cash flow problem. So, yeah. so we just decided, uh, probably about eighteen months ago, just to change it all up and just make every every season a new beer, and uh, that's working really well for us. Yeah, cool. Probably about so the, the latest same. one's Nucleus Flyer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Nucleus is the latest one. Um, it's the uh, spring seasonal, so it's been out in market uh, probably about two weeks in package and uh, a little bit longer, probably another week on top of that in uh, draft. Um, it's a sort of a twist on a beer we did in 2011, mm-hmm. which was uh, a way, way Belgian back. oatmeal IPA. Uh, that was called Pulse. 
and that was sort of just something that we didn't ever plan to do but it was just one of the the beers I brewed in my pilot brewery at home and I was like shit this is good I should do this as a commercial beer as a drinker I'm gonna go ahead and call you out on that one it feels like you're just saying words Belgian oatmeal and IPA that don't necessarily go together explain to me how that works well that's it like doctor's order is not about styles it's about flavor and uh, mixing couple of different styles together and coming up with something new so you know you don't just put squid ink in a beer for the sake of it you do it for a reason hence the reason that we did it um, same with um, you know making an oatmeal IPA in 2011 that wasn't a thing um, that's sort of um, usually me mixing different beers together and saying oh that's that's quite interesting that's, that that's, that's a nice flavor how about I just go and try and brew a beer that is that beer from first principles rather than trying to blend two beers together and and that's where um, usually it's a, a mix of styles, a mix of colours, and a combination thereof that usually ends up with something that's interesting. Hence, a, sort of a bit of a bit of a sort of a red IPA versus yeah. Stein beer, which is the flesh wound that you're talking about. Yeah. So, sort of making um, sort of something a little bit different, but to take an old world style and adding some new ingredients and adding a little bit of smoke and other bits and pieces as well, volcanic rocks and yeah. bam, new uh, beer. Yeah, I've fucking, I mean, look, I've been meaning to get you on the show for a long time because Flesh Wound is still my favourite beer of all time. I don't know what it is about it, but every time I crack a bottle, it's just bliss in a bottle. I I mean, it's a, probably a little bit of the nice sugary content, a little bit of the complexity, and, um, and it just drinks really well. Yeah, it does. It does. I always say on the show that it's easy to drink, but it's probably the beer that I would sit on for hours if I had a six-pack. It's getting harder and harder to find, though. Well, yeah, it's um, because everything's now just like a, it's sort of basically a one-off release. Yeah. So um, that one we did a little And apparently bit. Dan was saying it was a bit of a bitch to make, too, with all the, the, yeah. hot, the volcanic rock being dunked into the, to the wort. Yeah, so, well, there's a long story to that. <laughs> A very long story. Apparently there's a video three, too. There's a three-year story to that. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so probably about, uh, it must have been three or four years ago, uh, Dan and Neil at The Australian and uh, Dr. Zodas were going to do a collaboration. So we thought, yeah, we'll do a Steinbeer because that fits me. Yep. Uh, we'll call it Flesh Rune. That fits sort of my branding. Hmm. It's a little bit edgy for them, but it's something a little bit different. And um, we'll do it. And, and um, it also culminated in around the same time around uh, Good Beer Week in Melbourne, the Great Australian Beer Spectacular, a few other bits and pieces. So I wasn't actually able to be there on beer day, but I was able to, brew day, but I was able to, um, you know, this is sort of the recipe that I'm thinking. We worked on it together, but the actual brew day itself was done by sort of Neil and Dan. Yeah. And um, Neil sourced the rocks and uh, Dan sourced one of the local guys out at the brewery that's pretty handy with a welder and everything else and <laughs> welded up a cage that could hold these superheated volcanic rocks and they made a fire and they did some other shit yep and it's lovely you know, it's very dan too we sort of discussed a lot of it and sort of neil had the ideas dan made some of it happen neil was in charge of a few bits and pieces and and that's probably where it fell down a little bit because uh the execution meant that the beer didn't taste too good in tank right so we dumped it and um and we had another crack at it trying to work out what was wrong uh at that time i was somewhere else overseas and i wasn't there for that brew again <laughs> and uh that one also turned out pretty ordinary uh so we dumped that one as well wow and then we shelved the product uh shelved the project uh, yep. so that was probably 2013 
Yep. So this this is going to come from uh, as a question from a, a homebrewer who pretends to know what the fuck he's doing. But uh, when you say it didn't taste good, so uh, my wife, uh, go ahead and uh, she she sucked out. That's a terrible way to put that. But uh, you know, did a mouth siphon uh, to be able to get in things into the bottles, and she said, "Hey, this tastes good." Um, when you say it didn't taste good in the tanks, what does that mean? There were some uh, lingering flavors in there that just didn't drink well. So it was like a really intense bitterness. Um, it was a real sort of astringency that was there as well. And it just, yeah, it just didn't, it, it just wasn't a product that either of us wanted to release. So whilst I wasn't there for the brew day, but I was there for the concept, the recipe and everything else, yeah. I was still part of tasting it and going, no. Nah. No. So would you walk into a, I mean, obviously when you're designing a recipe, you have some sort of notion of what the beer is going to taste like when it comes out the other end. And is that really the litmus test to say, well, it's not why I, what I imagined it to be? Or is that more of an adjustment of sometimes that you have to adjust what you imagined it to be versus reality? So yeah, it can vary. So um, you don't always get what you expect, yeah. but as long as you've got something that's a good product and it is close enough and you can maybe tweak it if you do it again, then that's generally pretty cool. Um, but when you don't even get something that's even close to what you're aiming for and it's not right and you can't sort of then say, well, we're aiming for this, but we got this and we'll, we'll rebrand it, repackage it based on what it is, then you're in that sort of spot where it's like, no. Yeah, and dump that's, it. And that's where we're at. So you get happy accidents and then you just get the, the fails, let's, let's tweak the recipe. Yeah, well, there's different levels of fail. Like you often have equipment failures, you have other failures during production and stuff like that and then sometimes you just end up with something that's completely different what you're going for but you just roll with it and it is what it is and then you, you do with it what you need to or you get to a point it's like nah there's, it's just it's time to go it's just like cut your losses piss yeah. it off move on forget about it and you've also got um, doc, someone's very excited about winning Moondog have just got up I think <laughs> uh, and you've got Dr. Shedlove which is your winter beer this year too which I think was uh, yes. a so that's our annual sh- uh, annual um, collaboration with Big Share Brewing in, in uh, Adelaide. We this is our third year doing it with them, uh, and uh, the premise behind that is every year we do an imperial stout, but every year we change the root vegetables, and every year we change the yeast. Well, was it carrot this year? Is that right? So this year was carrots. Uh, my memory serving me yep. well tonight. <laughs> uh, and this year was also like a, um, a big sort of. Uh, almost like a uh, an imperial sort of pale ale type yeast yeah, okay. that we used last year was yams and taro yeah, with wow. a uh, Belgian yeast and the year before was kumra with a saison yeast it would have been an interesting mix I have to admit I haven't tried the Dr. Shedlove this year unfortunately so this year it's got a little bit more of um, so the, the, the kumra uh, sorry the uh, yam and taro from the 2016 mm-hmm. had a bit of a sweeter body to it from the imperial sort of stout yep uh, this year it's um, it doesn't sort of that sweetness is sort of gone and there's a we've got quite a little bit of bitterness from the outside of the carrots or the, yep. from the carrots themselves and that actually came through quite nice but then with the oak chips and everything else as well it sort of balances, it balances out, it out a bit more so I reckon this year's probably got a bit more drinkability probably a little bit less on the imperial stout side whereas last year was sort of a bit more of that body sweetness in the middle of the body that really gives it that sort of imperial stout that mm. sort of like real winter warmer type thing yeah well it's perfect for a winter beer too and carrots in beer i mean i I'm, i haven't heard of many carrot carrot beers out there i 
Yeah. Might yeah. be a couple. There's only, uh, there's only two I know of. It's the one that we did this year, and then um, Wade at uh, Four Hearts Brewing in yep. Queensland did one for Gabs a couple of years ago. Made a bit of showcase for it, got on the national news and a few other bits and pieces. Yeah, wow. <laughs> So, and, and Tonic's still around, I think, too. I think Dan's, Dan's spoken about Tonic on the podcast before. This, this um, ended up with you doing a kind of a nosedive down the rabbit hole in, in researching gins and how to balance against the Tonic. Yeah, so Tonic was um, Tonic was the beer we first did in 2014 with Yeasty yep. Boys and uh, Weedy Barinko. So every year I do a beer with the, um, the Wheatshift Hotel mm-hmm. in Adelaide, the Weedy Brewing Corps. Um, in 2014, that was a beer we called Tonic. We used Shincona Bark as the bittering agent rather than hops. Uh, we used botanicals and everything else to make basically the beer, the tonic, get a shot of gin to it and the whole thing comes alive. Yeah. Um, and that went sort of, yeah, it was basically only at the venue and a couple of kegs outside that, one in New Zealand, one here from a, an event that I did and that was basically it. So last summer, um, having been in Cairns, uh, well, that was our first beer in Cairns actually. And we did it last summer. We paired with a uh, little craft distiller from Mudgee uh, who do a real citrus forward gin. Um, and we did a release party and everything for that. And that was just huge. So, yeah, it's tonic, a tonic beautiful huge. beer. And um, I don't know, when's this going to air? Do you want to scoop? Yeah, sure. It, it'll go to air on Sunday, actually. Okay, so uh, Tonic's coming back this summer. Oh, fantastic. Um, it's having a couple of tweaks with it. And yep. we're pairing with a new, uh, well, not a new, uh, a different gin uh, partner, and it's going to be the summer of uh, gins and tins. Yeah, cool. Yay. Very cool. I don't know. So if you, look, have I've, you tried tonic before, Justin? Uh, I uh, I have a uh, now pregnant wife who yep. is uh, due the end of March. Who loves both gin and tonic. Uh, so if you could go ahead and delay that <laughs> for a few months, we'd be your your biggest customer. But uh, I think Doc's present, just as likely to delay that as your wife is to delay the pregnancy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like I said, we we partnered up with a, uh, an international gin company for this summer, oh, and uh, I think uh, I think it's going to sell out pretty quick. We've yeah. got a few events, uh, a few launch parties, and everything else sorted out for it. It's gonna. Um, yeah. It's it's literally the only beer I've ever heard of that you can drink by itself, and it's a standalone beer it's it's a very i mean this year was a really light body was it a wheat beer yeah so we we, we did oh. it as a as a we did it as a uh wit beer slash tonic mixer yeah is how we uh is how we labeled it so yeah on its own it was sort of a pretty easy drinking but yeah, had a little bit of a little bit of that botanicals nothing too over the top but as soon as you added a shot of gin to it, the whole thing came alive. So you got one plus one is three rather than just yeah. you, know, sort of you know, that's fascinating because there's so many boilermakers. You know, you drop a shot of whiskey into a beer that people just love. And there isn't a lot of uh, other alcohol that is dropped into or mixed into beer necessarily um, that is that is beloved or is in any way interesting because we love our beers, we love our alcohols, and we keep those spirits, you know, very in separate. separate cabinet. Yeah, uh, I think that's very fascinating that we're that we're going to do that. Yeah, so. so it's a it's it's an interesting thing. So originally it was um, Yeasty Boys stew, uh, stew from Yeasty Boys, myself just shooting the shit, sort of like we're doing a collaboration, we're doing it at the Weedy Brewing Corp. What are we going to do? And the name came first. Like stew's like, well, I've always wanted to do a beer called Tonic. <laughs> no, no, no. So I think I said, uh, maybe I said I want to always do a beer called Tonic. He goes, well, if I do a beer called Tonic, then we're going to use Shincona bark in it, like um, you would for a, a tonic water and everything yeah. else. It's like, well, if we're doing that, well, then we'll make the beer the tonic and then we'll add gin to it. Yeah. So we just, we had to smuggle the Shincona bark into the country because at that point in time, you couldn't get into the country. 
Wow. So he smuggled it in from New Zealand um, because New Zealand was about a year ahead of us in terms of being able to import that sort of bark as a raw product that you yeah. could buy. Um, and then we basically brewed it and just like winged it um, because there was no pilot. There was got no one run of the product too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically we just brewed 600 litres of it and just <laughs> winged it. And, and then for the launch of it, uh, just before the launch, I went down and saw Jade and we just basically went through all the gins she had in the bar and worked out what worked with it. And it was like the Plymouth gin and uh, there was another gin she had on, um, had, on, had on the bar that just happened to work really well with it. So then when, we did, when I did it again for the last year, it was like, okay, it was more the citrus sort of forward or the cucumber-based gins that worked well with it. So I tweaked the recipe so that I could be, do that even more. And that's why it was such a hit last year. This year I'm tweaking it again, amping it up a little bit more. more. So the base beer will be a little bit more of a beer... Or a bit more flavoursome as a as sort of as a, a beer, standalone. a standalone. But as soon as you add the gin to it, the, the aromatics and everything else is just going to... Unleash. Pow. So yeah. what, what sort of gins are we going to be looking for to, to match that? So you're looking for a, a really good sort of dry uh, English gin, dry yeah, London okay. gin. Um, and then something which has um, some complementary botanicals in it for what we're doing. So yeah. Yeah, cool. That's probably about all I can say without giving away who the partner is. <laughs> All right, Doc, thank you very much for joining us, mate. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm glad we finally got you on the podcast, too. Oh, pleasure, my pleasure. Appreciate your time, and Justin, thank you again. Of course, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, and the comfy seats. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. A little bit of preemptive Googling. Oh. oh. <laughs> so I am currently being joined by Tom Piggott from Uncle Hops. Hello. And Marcus Maximus, Chris's brother. And also one of the people that came up with the... Well, you no, you were the guy that came up with the term Bounty Hunter. That I was. On a, uh, on a rainy Friday afternoon on WhatsApp. Yeah, right. Where we're all spitballing ideas for the name of the brewing company. And five minutes later, Dan posts the copyrighted yeah, name. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally like five minutes later. That guy must have been on the fucking internet ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, here's, here's the registration well, certificate, fuckers. You guys have suggested, so here we go. <laughs> so we're going to have a Star Wars-a-thon, are we? Well, uh, one page I managed to stumble on recently was uh, a page all about random facts from Star Wars that people know about. and something I sort of saved up for this show I always thought would be a uh, relevant topic. Okay. And uh, one of the things I thought was quite interesting was apparently the reason that Darth Vader can't use Force Lightning is because he has robot hands. I want to get your thoughts on that. I have read, I've read that in a couple, I've seen a couple, of, like that pop up a couple of times and then... It does make sense. It's one of those things though that, yeah, you can see because it's, it's meant to channel through his... Like, his, his skin. His, oh, yeah, and his connection to the Force and it's also meant to be that he, it's a way to make him less powerful than Palpatine. Yeah. Which I think makes a lot of sense. That Palpatine would be like, hey, I can do this, you can't, that's why you can do it. Because Count Dooku, he was always like, that's why he had him executed. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like I can understand why he why he would say, "Oh, well, no, you can't because you got no hands." Like that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Good but at the same time, I think An- Anakin was always so powerful with the Force that you could never never underestimate him and, and what he would be able to do. But it's the one thing he like, couldn't do is not be a whiny bitch through any movie that he was in. Well, no, but that, that's also his, his, just his intrinsic character. Like, <laughs> he can't do that because of who he is. <laughs> yeah, He's just, just a shitload. His natural personality. <laughs> He's a cunt. Yeah. I don't like sand. Mark that. Mark that. I did. I did. 
Yeah. So, so there's lots of rumors going around about the Han Solo movie too. Yes. And they've gone through 37 directors, I heard. Well, Ron Howard's come in to finish yeah, it off. I know, right? It's going to be a real serious end to that movie. <laughs> but it's going to be so... T- like, uh, are you guys worried that it's going to be a disjointed movie? For me, the way I see it, uh, Star Wars has hit its peak with uh, uh, Rogue One. I can't see them doing any better. The yeah, reason but- I say that is because with a Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford, and I heard some rumours that he may yep. be coming in for like mm-hmm. some later on sort of scenes and how that's going to fit, I can't imagine... But have to get him off his Zimmer frame first, right? Yeah, it's pretty like much. Hundred years just, old. Just tell him not to crash any light planes just before filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that'd it. be nice. That'd be yeah. the same as getting another fucking getting him and Sean Connery in for a fucking another Indiana Jones. It's like <laughs> it's time. You like named I, a dog, Indy. <laughs> you didn't bring the Holy Grail diary, did you, Sean? It's just <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I you know I think for, as fans we don't like them passing the torch on to new actors because it's not the same. But at the same time, if you want to keep the storyline alive, you kind of have to. Well, it's one of those things that come and, and sorry not to distract from, from the whole Star Wars conversation, but with, with Marvel, where they're talking about Robert Downey Jr. is about to pass the torch yeah. of Iron Man. It's like, well, you look at the way they, the, 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 the characters have developed in the comics, and I think this, this harkens back to the way that Star Wars just got re... Well, a couple of years ago, got re-bought by Marvel, and now they're redistributing the comics again. Yeah. And those Darth Vader comics that... Dan brought up at the Uncle Hobbs podcast yeah. are sensational and sensational stories about the character that is. They're actually interesting Vader. stories again. They're not just you rehashing. really get invested in them and you, yeah. you just want to keep reading it. And I, I think that's that's something you have to figure out in this whole cinematic universe that everyone seems to be doing now that Marvel's done it. <laughs> like the DC one, we just. Well, let's face it, it's well, just who a, knows what the fuck's a way of printing about. money. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the whole like the monsters, like Frank, like the Godzilla. Mummy, yeah, Frankenstein, like that's stretching it. Like <laughs> the aliens predator one was like, it was funny to start with, and now you kind of like, oh, that was really sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I love Predator. Like we, I, this is the best thought. So I used to do cadets with um with school. So you go to army camps and yep. camp out in the bush, and one kid on the camp would do the perfect Predator noise, like the clicking, <laughs> and he would hide in the bushes and, and wait, till, the fuck out of wait till the young kids walk past and make that noise knowing they've just watched the movie at that dinner <laughs> and watch them completely shit themselves. So I, I, hilarious. I, I too went to Army Cadets and, and all we did was scare the Norfolk Islanders um, from Drop Bears. Oh, and, yeah. And Mark's in the fucking Navy. That I am. <laughs> no one believes in drop beds anymore. It's the saddest thing. My girlfriend's from Boston. She's, she's a beautiful girl, but she's like, she's too smart. She's, and yeah. she's telling, that's the thing. She's telling everyone that drop bears don't exist. I'm like, can you stop it? <laughs> yeah. that's, our, that's our one fun thing. She'd be handing out jars of Vegemite. Yeah. Rub this on your face. It'll keep, <laughs> keep the drop bears away. Yeah. But, but, but back to Star Wars and the whole passing the hand solo torch, like, you got to do it eventually. Like, I think a better way of doing it, um, one thing I really appreciated in the mid-90s was the movie The Rock, yeah. if you remember that. And to me, uh, going back to Sean Connery, he played a very, I guess, a subtle tribute to James Bond. It's like yeah. what yeah. sort of yeah, happened yeah. to James Bond later on without calling him James Bond. He was a British uh, spy or assassin, whatever he was, that got uh, captured, locked away. We're dragging him out again, and he's still amazing and awesome. Yeah. And I suppose one of the things I loved about Rogue One, which to me is the epitome of all Star Wars, is that it sort of captured all the, the parts of Star Wars without overdoing it. 
as far yeah. as I'm concerned, the main, the core storyline is all about one family fucking up the whole universe. The Skyler um, family fucking shit up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where I feel there's so much more going on and that's where the expanded universe, you know, goes into those, you know, the, all the comics and games especially that, yeah. that look into all those sides of it, which I think really have a lot of potential and a lot to look into. But the fact that we're going back in, you know, redoing Han Solo, redoing Boba Fett. We need to expand the storylines. The original, the original extended universe, the the novels, because I've I've read were maybe insane. I've they read maybe so thirty good. or forty Star Wars novels before they the, kind the of Karen, condensed the Karen it. Karen Travis um, clone commando. Yeah, series. even even that the was stuff. the peak. That was the peak for for talking about Boba Fett. That was the peak thing of like talking about Mandalore and the way they did it. Yeah, and then um, Clone Wars, the Star Wars TV show, went in and did. A Mandalorian base, and they didn't do a bad art. job of it either. They didn't, but they they still kind of. Like, well, they were never going to do it at the same sort of depth like, as yeah. the as the novels explored. But of but, course, but not, even yeah. some of the bridging books they released around the Phantom Menace. I mean, the Phantom Menace was not the greatest movie. No. I'm going to say a fucking travesty, but I'll just say it's not the greatest movie. Great CGI. <laughs> <laughs> but the the books they released to give um you know all the characters a lot more backstory were yeah. really well written books. Yeah. They were standalone stories. They didn't need to lean on the rest of the, the cinematic universe as it stood at the time. It was just telling a cool story in the Star Wars universe. Well, I read one of those one of those articles today, which is um, the foreshadowing events from the prequels and all yeah. the things they talked about, like the classic image of uh, young Anakin in front of the Tatooine hut where it shows the Darth Vader silhouette and everything they did. But there was a couple of ones that they, they brought up that I'd like, I'd thought about but never really like, Processed, and there was like the great one of um in Revenge of the Sith when Obi Wan's going to uh, Utapau to fight General Grievous. Yep. And so he stands in the light, but Anakin stays entirely in the dark. I don't know if you remember that scene. And they were like, "That's foreshadowing their their whole." When he says goodbye, my old friend. And yeah. Everyone picked up on the whole goodbye, but it was the, that that yeah, that like was simple the, thing the with the light, and they talked about the whole things like that. And it then, was the last time. It was his friend because yeah, after that he became yeah. Darth Vader, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still maintain that the Anakin Obi Wan is the best fight of the whole prequel trilogy, right purely, purely based on the fact that it's two identical lightsabers and you can't automatically tell who's winning. Yeah, I think that really adds to something to the effect, and it's whole. It's a whole. I still get shivers yeah. watching it, and when when he tells him he's the chosen one, yeah. or you were meant to be the chosen one, I still yeah. get fucking shivers in that scene. It's just every time Anakin's on the screen, I just want to fucking stab him in the eyeballs. I did get pretty shitty because I'd read a, a bunch of the whole novels as well. And do you ever read the, the, the Mace Windu novel about his? Yes, yeah, I did. That, yeah. And the Tarakazi fucking training that he went yeah, through. Yeah, and, and they didn't. They barely showed it. And I was like, come on, you can't write a whole thing about that and talk about his like where he teeters on the edge of the dark side in terms of his lightsaber fighting, and then you you include it and like. And it's, he just wanted yeah. a purple lightsaber. That's all Sam, Sam yeah, L. Jackson. Yeah, I heard about that. And then, and motherfucking and purple lightsaber on a motherfucking plane. George Lucas apparently hated the idea but agreed to it And in it the fucking end. worked, man. It was the sickest awesome. looking fucking lightsaber. It was just one of those things. It was just... And, and the whole, like... You send four Jedi Masters after one Sith Lord. Surely they can last longer than two seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it's a whole movie and it's the whole thing, but come on, guys. I, I mean, yeah. you, you talk about Rogue One being the, the kind of the peak of the cinematic universe, but... Two years ago, what was Rogue One? Well, for me, the reason I love uh, 
Rogue One so much is that it doesn't focus so much on the Jedi, the religious yeah. side of it. It's not all about you know lightsabers and and, and and that side of things. It's more about the greater military fight, yep. and that's something that you know I well, love. It makes it more of a war story exactly than, than, a, than a superhero story. It's so much yeah. larger that way, and. Uh, games like TIE Fighter from, I don't know if you remember that oh, back yeah, in the yeah, day, oh, just the oh, fact oh, yeah. that it didn't have any of that, you know, supernatural magic yep. bullshit in it, it just made it so much more real. Yeah. I, I, the reason I ask the question is, I can't see how they've got, they don't have a bunch more awesome movies if well, they the move away well, from the main story. Kenobi's next? They've, yeah, but, so they've said. but that's what I'm talking about. All they're doing is cashing in on, on existing characters from the original trilogy that everyone uh, knows you, and have loves. Have you read the Kenobi comics in between? No, I haven't. Oh, get amongst them, dude. Like, it's, it's some really, really cool shit, uh, especially Kenobi on Tatooine. So there's one where he fights... Uh, does he make blue milk? Does he milk a blue cow? He does not milk a blue cow. <laughs> that is all on Peru. Um, and then she gets burnt. Seriously. Yeah, crispy. Yeah. Um, no, um, Shard Hutt, who used to be a Jedi, then he um, falls in with the sand people because his dad was a sand person. Right. Um, sand person? Is a, uh, uh, yeah. We don't, we don't know. Like, being really politically correct. Like, <laughs> but, um, and, uh, but Shard Hutt, as he's called, like... He lives on Tatooine, and Obi Wan is so focused on protecting Luke, and Shahad yeah. senses him through the Force, and it's like, it's like how Obi Wan is like gone to these extreme measures to protect Luke before he's even become Force aware. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm really at the moment, I'm like, I've really got to get into Rebels because they're getting into really cool yeah. stuff. I haven't watched any. I've watched a couple of episodes here and there, but I haven't watched much of it because I love Clone Wars. I watched up. I watched all five seasons, and then the, the sixth lost season came out, and I've seen like two or three episodes. I've got to watch them, and then I want to get. I'm miles away. I'm like halfway through season one. Like I, I got into it when it when it was when it first came out, and I used to watch it on a Saturday morning. Like, I'd get up for it after work and kind of thing. Um, but like they, they told some really really cool story arcs. They featured Clone Commandos once, which I lost my shit. Yeah, like, they I loved did. Clone Commandos. That was the, one of the greatest Star Wars games I've ever played as well. Like. That Clone Commandos Republic. Absolutely. Yeah, that Absolutely. was so good. Again, it so I love good. it because it's the generic military sort of side of things. It that was wasn't the best thing about natural. the original Battlefront 2 was that yes. you played that yeah. generic soldier. And I, I'm, I'm excited for the next Battlefront 2. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to admit it, uh, especially I've, after... I've pre-ordered it. I've got it. I've got it coming. Yeah. Nice, nice. nice. Yeah. I, I, I did love the first one, but it definitely was lacking a lot of content. Well, I'm just, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think... I think that's one of the things. You can't ignore the prequel trilogy because there were some really fantastic elements to it that may not have been executed in the movies, but for that expanded kind of yeah. universe. Roger, Roger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, one of my favorite levels on the whole Battlefront, original Battlefront 2 was the Kamino fight. Mm. Like, mm. where you were like, literally all the clone commandos that were going to come after you were at peril and you had to save them. And it was like, yeah. it was like that kind of desperate fight that made it really, really cool and like, I just think they. I, I really think they should just look at other storylines outside of the the core characters that they've done to death. I'd love a story on Wedge Antilles. 
Yeah, yeah. and going through with him. How you know, good the whole is the, Rogue the, the, Squadron, the original Rogue Squadron that, that, that I knew. That storyline, that storyline, the books, that was the, one of the best storylines I've, I've ever read. What about insane. Force Unleashed? I mean, they had a whole, I mean, they had two games. I love Starkiller. I loved it. Yeah. Not a fan. But sure, but but at least they were in a, they were attempting to tell a new story that involved Jedis that didn't involve all the characters everyone had already cashed in on. It made a lot of sense. I, I, I love the uh, the Nashadar level where you went yeah. and met Calm Rhoda and it was like, that cool kind of the seedy, that I was 13, 13. Can we all just pour this out a beer for that? the first game I ever fucking platinumed on the PlayStation Network. No, no, mine wasn't. Mine was one of the Uncharted's, but I was, <laughs> it was pretty close. It was like the next one I did, yeah. But it was one of those things, I love that game. Like, I know a lot of people talked about how stupid it was, but I love that level where you had to you pull down the Star Destroyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something so badass about yeah. it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Force Unleashed 2. Like, but I, 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 I understood the story they were trying to do. Like, yeah. it, it hearkened a lot to the extended universe, like the whole Hair of the Empire series with the clones and everything. But yeah, I, I understood, it got a little bit too far. And like, to, to pull it back to that games and, and movie sort of references, one thing I absolutely loved about Rogue One was uh, the scene where the Y-Wings are flying in for the bombing run onto the Star Destroyer using the, uh, the ion bombs. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's yeah. something you did in TIE Fighter that was never... Yeah brought back into that, the there movie. Was, there was that one level in the original, oh, not in Rogue Squadron, the original Rogue Squadron, where they, were, they even made the joke about flying Y-Wings was uh, slower than moving a hut on a cold day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I remember listening to that like through my, my shitty CRT speakers on my TV and being like, <laughs> yeah, huts are slow. Tom, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Those bombers were terrible. And then yeah. the type on rivalry. But I loved them. I used to make them out of like the old M&M mini packets. I don't know if you guys did that. You clip three together and then yeah. I'd be flying. And mum would like, I'd buy you a Y-Wing toy. I'd be like, will you? And she goes, yeah, if you stop making M&M packet toys. You poor kid. I don't like, know what I'm supposed to do with all these fucking M&Ms you yeah. bought on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I always pretend to be a vacuum cleaner and then yeah, running around the kitchen going puff up, puff up, puff up, puff up. <laughs> just eating up M&M's, <laughs> no one's business. But yeah, like it's just those kind of things. And that was the best thing about Rogue One was that it brought in those elements that you'd always thought about and always wished to be. Like I've always wanted to be a Rogue Squadron pilot. Like, I dream about that. Like oh, how cool would that be? And especially reading the books and like, the way they describe the battles as well, it's it's so much more in depth than, than the moves will ever be able to yeah. show. With the whole like some guy will lose his back shields but he has his front shield still yeah. and how like they can It was X Wing versus TIE Fighter. And that's the thing, those core concepts were developed, you know, however many years ago and just the fact that they've been able to expand on it, even just a little bit in Rogue One, I'm hoping they yeah. they do have those moments where they hark back to, you know, sort of the games and the deeper sort of detail, if you will. Yeah. Um but that was what, what, I mean, look, that was the attraction of the original series, right? Lucas created a universe that felt lived in. I think that was, the most, that was the most disappointing thing for me about the, the first battle, new Battlefront game was the ships were never felt like they should in the It was world. arcade, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was arcade. A, a, a TIE fighter should never be able to take as many hits as an X-Wing. But it was, it was on, the first time you've got 32 or 64 players in a three-dimensional oh, space, yeah. fucking shooting ships at each other. I, it has to be equal as well. But That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to flying the Sith Infiltrator. I'm looking forward to fucking the VR shit. Because they have announced that Battlefront 2 will include VR out of the box. They just See, haven't they haven't stated what elements will be you, VR and what you, won't. Did you play the, the yes. VR? For that? How Fuck was it? it. Uh, yeah? I jizzed my pants. 
I had a runner in it as well. It was, it was yeah. amazing. I, <laughs> it was, just, that was, just that the was intro like a dream come that, true. That, that and the Batman Arkham VR were yeah. the two things that really are pushing me over because except for my tax returns it paid for VR <laughs> I, I wept when the loading screen came up for Battlefront and that ATAT is just walking over and you're yeah. just looking up at it and just shitting your pants craning your neck to look up at an ATAT yeah fuck ATAT or ADAT oh, oh look I've always called it ATAT but they've recently said officially it's an ADAT retarded officially you're a fucking retard but what do you is it an ADAT exactly right that's my point too um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I just think, I just think the way they they treated the the ships and well in Rogue One was you, you felt them more like the GoPro, you know, yeah, just plugged yeah. onto the side of an engine or whatever as it was flying I, down. I will say, yeah. I Amazing. was like, I was cheering when you saw the original actors come through for some of those like shots. Yeah, like that, like the whole the Moff Tarkin and Leia. Thing. Yep. I was like, that's cool. A little weird, like. It's a little confronting, but seeing Red Leader come up again and calling <laughs> shit out. Um, Wedge wasn't there. That's that's no, my that, biggest argument. Yeah. That's what I Wedge Antilles is one of the greatest characters in Star Wars history. Yes. Can we talk about how good Wedge Antilles is? Underrated characters. He gets, what, a couple of shots in the movies where he does almost everything <laughs> yeah. in just terms of do- destroying Death Stars. In the books, he's running the most elite squadron of X-Wings, which is... Yep. I would, I would literally kill someone here for an X-wing right now. <laughs> if they were like, "Hey Tom, you've had six beers, but you get to fly home in your X-wing if you kill that man," I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> give me someone, give me something to what kill man? him." Give me the knife. Yeah. <laughs> what man? He's going off the balcony. <laughs> with, with but yeah, like it's just like it's it's one of those. It's such an iconic craft and such like a, a desirable thing as well. Like it, it yeah. harkens back to those whole Spitfires, and I know that's very based it's a, on. It's an it's ice like, flyer thing. It's, yeah, and, it's, and the way they talk about it in the books as well, where they like they're still they're painting Tie Fighters on their, their fuselage, yeah, and like you keep track of them, and then and I, th- I think it was as well because it was the, probably one of the first stories I've ever read of the extended universe where the Force kind of existed in uh, what was his name? The um, one of the pilots had like minute Force abilities, but it wasn't a Skywalker. I can do magical shit that no yeah, one else can do. I can, I can lift. I just got really up. fast reflexes. Yeah, can we yeah. just say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm the only human who can do pod racing. It's working. Oh my god. It's working. <laughs> so, any closing remarks before we we finalise this geek out for Star Wars? Last Jedi, I think, will be plural. Ooh. Mm. I think will be plural. I've heard a lot. I've read a lot of both sides of the argument, but the more I feel about it, it is. I, I feel it's more, as much as I would like to see Luke go full grey Jedi, where he's like, I don't care about the balance of the Force. I've been I'm so just fucked here over. to fuck some shit up. I've been so fucked over by the whole balance of the Force thing. I've lost my father. I've, I, I haven't been a chance to build a family because Mara's not in it. No. Mara Jade was a fucking legend as well. Yeah. I don't know why they killed her off. Um, I think it'll be Ray is is his chance for redemption. Yep. And it will bring him back from a Grey Jedi brink kind of thing. But he's like, I'm over it. I'm done. And uh, and she'll be like, I believe in it. And it'll probably bring him back. I don't know. Like, call me stupid. But I, I really think that um, Last Jedi will be plural. And I, I see a, pre- a pretty cool showdown between her and Kylo Ren. 
I don't think he'll be yeah. this whiny. I know you hated him in the first. I know you thought he was a whiny bitch a la Anakin <laughs> in the, the, all three prequels. Sure. I remember that from our first talk. Yeah, yeah. But I really think that he will... Um, I really think he'll go properly full dark. I think he'll go nuts dark um, and then shit will happen. So you're looking at more rebranding as opposed to ex- extinction? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, And in fact, um, I, I read an article pretty soon after the title was announced that, and I, I know it's random, it's very left field, but when, when they translated it into French in France, they were saying that the, the translation basically worked out to be that's exactly what it was. It's, it's not so much The Last Jedi implying the end of the Jedi forever, it was more a rebirth of the Order. I think, I think they might go down the path of those... those um the Jedi Knight games, where the uh, whole idea behind uh, the Jedi powers is a lot more on that kind of grey side, where um, Kyle Katarn was, he was, a, he was a Jedi, but he could also use Force Lightning and Force Choke, but he used it in kind of like, I'm not going to use it on every other go. Every not other an day. evil yeah, kind yeah. of way. He could, he'd use it if he absolutely needed to, but otherwise he would use positive Force ability yeah. if you called it that. And it harkens back to the whole Qui-Gon thing, and I think they'll want to harken back to the... They'll, they'll need to include the prequels somehow, and they haven't yet. Yeah. I think they'll really try, and, and Qui-Gon was very much like... The noble the, knight. Well, he was the balance in the Force. Yeah. He was like, it's not so much good, it's not so much bad, it's just you need to understand that they're, that they're talking about beings that aren't interested in one or the other, they, they develop. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when you got... Um, JJ coming back for episode 9 as well mm. I think that'll really play into it as well I think he'll want to do a story like that based on something a little bit more complex and less less black and yeah, white yeah I, he, he definitely admitted that uh, episode 7 was a rehash of episode 4 it, um, I think that was intentional I think yeah, it needed I think, I think to be was, to get new needs, audiences it, yeah it really was to, 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 for lack of a better word trap the new audience yeah. into the magic that it is and it, and I was there on opening night. I was I was wearing robes and I had a lightsaber and I was literally jaw to the jaw, like for like. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. Like I cried when Han Solo died. Like and I openly weeped. But you haven't I, seen it yet. You should be listening to the fucking yeah. podcast. Frankly, <laughs> we're called they're called Bounty Hunter for a reason. <laughs> we talk right. Star Wars. We have a copyright infringing fucking logo on the yeah. shirt. Um, but it was one of those things. It was. But for them, it was, it was that character dying. For them, it was a release from that character yeah. to go. And you see that Benicio Del Toro's character is going to be the new kind of almost slimier Han Solo. It's going to be halfway between Jabba and, and Han. And I think it's yeah, exciting and it's cool and I'm glad they're really doing it. But I like, I understand the whole... They, they want to continue that traditional story arc. And Lucas talks about that all the time, about yeah. how the, the, the prequels so much is foreshadowed of what happens in the original trilogy. It was just too yeah. tightly tied. It was just too perfect. Some shitty writing, some yeah. too, too tightly tied, and yeah, yeah. But what, are your, what are your final Sorry, thoughts? Sorry, I went on a real That's all good? That's no, what no, band is for. It, it's all good. I, I, for me, yes, I, I sort of understand that it needed to mirror it to a certain extent. You know, it's Star Wars, so we always expect, you know, small little rebel band of force going up against a big evil might against their giant yeah. new contra- contraption. Um, but I suppose... Again, that's where for me Rogue One shone so brightly was it shied away from that and in a way that it made, it blurred the lines between good and evil. You know, you had the band of, of, 
of assassins and rogues that were out there that were doing some pretty nasty stuff, you know, assassinating people that you weren't well, quite sure if they were good or bad. And because of that... They explored that. They were doing, that, they were doing yeah. that for good at the same time. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. what they said. They're, yeah. they're guerrilla fighters. They're a rebel force. And, and to me, it had that such a much more real... I guess it spoke to me personally more... Uh, you know, because you mirror that with, you know, your World War Two stories and, yeah. and stuff like that. And yet, for me, there was a, a clear crossover there. Whereas, you know, the fact that we're beating to death this whole Skywalker franchise thing. And I understand, you know, it's the main the main source. And I always, you know, it's I the imagine there's going to be, you know, one day or another, there will be 10, 11, 12. And it'll continue on because they're yeah. the main, uh, the, the core of it. But I do hope we do see a lot more random, big uh, war, like, you know, wider theatre stuff. And it doesn't just always centre around... Uh, Those few characters. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be super keen though if they finally do a Boba Fett origin story. Like, here's no. an interesting one for you. Have you heard the theory that uh, it was Boba Fett that went through and killed uh, Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen uh, as opposed to Stormtroopers? It would so, make sense because they were smoldering skeletons. You don't get that from an E11 blaster. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the fact that um, uh, Darth Vader in Empire says to yeah, uh, no, you know, no disintegrations, yeah. you know, stormtroopers have never done anything like that remotely ah. to anybody that you've seen, yeah. whereas it was sort of way too clear-cut and way too specific to be randomly well, thrown I think out. that's probably one of the things they probably would have explored in 1313 had they released it. Mm. I think it would have been, it probably would have been one of the final levels where it's like... Kind of like that, I remember that it was the first level in Modern Warfare 2 for COD where you were the Russian terrorist killing yeah. people. And I think they would have probably tried to explore that, which would have been re really amazing for a Star Wars game. Very grey. Very grey and like very like, well, I don't feel entirely comfortable, comfortable doing, doing this. Yeah, yeah like... like I, I want some blue milk. Why am I killing them? Like, <laughs> that's the uh, the other thing I'm trying to sort of uh, you know disassociate my own. You know, I saw Star Wars as a kid, as many of us did, yeah. and since you know growing up, I've sort of wanted to see more mature themes and that confusion between what is right, what is wrong, and and that sort of line explored. Whereas as a kid, I wouldn't have appreciated it. Now I think as yeah. a child, you know, twelve year old me going in and seeing Rogue One, I'd probably sit there going, "Ah, oh, this was terrible. I don't understand what's happening." I much prefer episode seven, but yeah. I know I think as your audience changes, I, I like to think Star Wars is big enough now that you can explore both ends, and Netflix. you shouldn't limit ne yourself Netflix. down to one trend. You can still sell Jar Jar Binks toys, but you can also have a storyline that's a little bit more complicated than you know the red lightsaber isn't, versus isn't the blue the, lightsaber. I think one of the modes in Battlefront Two is clone uh, troopers versus Gungans. <laughs> yeah, for all the fans, we'll all be enjoying that. But that's one of the things as well. Like you, you really hope. I know that. Um, Disney, because of their own subscription service, just pulled yep. this, the the Marvel and Star Wars movies from Netflix. But you hope they go something down that with uh, episodic stories to, into the future. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine like a, a bounty hunter like cross Punisher series, like not cross Punisher series, but like in the the, the theme that the Punisher yeah. series is going in, like where you can go heaps dark. The those Mandalorians. Dudes, those dudes do do some like really epic shit yeah. that you can't do in a, 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 a the best M movie. Or even take it to the other side, the um, uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, uh, the Memorpica that they released a few yeah, years yeah. back. Yeah. Um, the Imperial agent in that it was like a mixture of James Bond and Star Wars. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever played yeah. it, but. That mix of uh, having those adult sort of themes of you know espionage and and it you know the, sabotage etc. It, it was the Han Solo smuggler, but without the 
with, without the, the kind of cheesy on the surface only exploration of his title smuggler he never really does anything smugglery it's they, they not, only, it's not only, a vocation that you can get away with just being a good guy. Well, they only loosely, very loosely, if like, uh, like kind of like talk about it in the actual films. Anyway, is yeah. like even I get bored. It's like that whole I was thinking about it on the way home, like uh, the whole boarded line sometimes line, where it's like you could really have got into that. Imagine that as yeah. an extended scene mm. where it's like he has troopers boarding his thing, and he's just like casually standing there, like all Han Solo coffee, and just like leans his elbow on a button that jettisons some cargo out the bottom of the, the Falcon. Like, how, that would be like so cool. Oh, well, maybe we'll sit in the hand Solo movie. Maybe yeah. we won't. George, right. take, take note of what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wrap there. Thanks very much, fellas. It's been a pleasure having you on the, on the podcast. Right, thank you for having us back. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, guys. So I am back with Dan at the end of the night to kind of wrap up the episode a little bit. It was a successful uh, Pump House World 8 Mario Kart tournament. It was an awesome tournament. We got about halfway through and Phil's, uh, Phil, the uh, manager, he's like, we've got to do this every week. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> nah, my hair's going grey just trying to wrangle everybody to come and sit down and play. Don't have the energy. But Chris loved standing up on the fucking chairs and tables and yelling at everyone. Yeah. He's in his element. So who ended up winning for the night? The boys from Moondog. Yeah, awesome. Big congratulations to those guys. I, so, I, I think I saw the, the last game from my seated position. If I could chime in for one sec and just say, make it weekly. Make it weekly, not fortnightly. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of, one, of, one of our listeners that's here with us tonight. I don't think Jay. my wife would agree with me doing it weekly. <laughs> it's a lot of editing. <laughs> Never see me again. Yeah, so it was good. Good in the end. Um, we had a big turnout. And there's there's a whole bunch of uh, random people now sitting down playing uh, Mario Kart 64. Yeah, it's kind um, of at that time where it's time to start packing all this shit up yeah, before every, it goes walkabouts. Yeah, everybody's just kind of wandered up for the night and uh, seen us playing, so they're uh, they're jumping on the jumping on the stuff now. But all good. That's why we're here. That's it. So if you're still with us, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully, it's not too disjointed by the time I finished editing this thing with all the random interviews. Um, and uh, keep an eye on our social media. There's there's uh, more beers coming very soon. Yep. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Mega Man on the PlayStation. Because I'm awesome. It's and just a little fucked. So I'm back with Dan. Say hello, Dan. I have no idea. If you're trying to talk to me, I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. <laughs> so Dan's already started packing up and he doesn't have headphones. He can't hear me talking. No, nah, nah, i got to get, I gotta get headphones. <laughs> All right.